If you're an introvert, and I know so many of you are, then this episode was made for you. And heck, even if you're not, the mindset shift we share here is going to be a game changer. Today, we talk about the one simple shift to show up online confidently as an introvert. We talk about how Emma Louise realized she needed to utilize marketing strategies that worked for her as an introvert, and how she helps ambitious introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to shift their mindset and do the same for bigger results. We go deep on vanity metrics, internet trolls, marketing consistently, and how long it really took for the results to show up. If you're someone who is looking to run your business in a way that works for your energy, this episode is going to help you to make it happen. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Emma Louise Parks. Emma Louise is a business strategist and mindset coach for ambitious introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs, and host of the Ambitious Introvert podcast. She works with entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale successful, sustainable online businesses. Her focus on clarity, consistency, and habits allowed her to build a seven-figure net worth in her 30s. She now uses these principles to help her clients build solid foundations that support massive levels of growth and success. Emma Louise, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am just so excited for this conversation today. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. I'm just so excited. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? I read your bio, but I just love to hear in your own words, kind of a little bit of your background, how you got to where you are and all that kind of good stuff. So sure. I got here in a very roundabout kind of way. Um, Previously, I worked in aviation. I was in aviation for 23 years and I spent 17 years as an air traffic controller. So very strategy, very much, you know, focused on efficiency and productivity and making plans and implementing them and all of that good stuff. And on the side, I guess, to exercise my more creative side, I did a life coach certification. So I was doing life coaching just as a little side hustle, literally, you know, like for cash in hand, charging by the hour. Um, Got really interested in NLP because I started to realize that a lot of the controllers that I was training, the new controllers, their success really depended on how they spoke. The language was the real differentiating factor. Hmm. So the people that were like, there's like a 40% attrition rate in that industry. So, you know, the most people that start are not going to qualify. But Hmm. the people that often said, if I qualify, didn't. And the people that said when I qualify, they tended to. And they'd all had the exact same training. So all it came down to was mindset. So that really sparked my interest in language and mindset and all of that good stuff. So fast forward a few years, I decided that I was going to branch out on my own. I thought I'd bring my 
life coaching business online and just have a complete change. And when I got online, it was really hard. I really, really struggled. And I couldn't understand why, because I'd got, you know, certifications and I'd got the experience and all of that. And what I didn't have was business acumen or understanding of marketing or social media or any of these things. Mm. And I pretty much got gaslit by a very extrovert coach who kept telling me that I had a poor mindset. I had mindset issues. It was my own fault and and all of these things. And Mm. it didn't ever really feel true, but I was like, but it's not working. So what is it? And one day it just literally occurred to me. I was like, it's because I'm an introvert. It's my introversion that is making me not do, you know, the strategies that have been suggested to me. This is why they they don't feel good. It's nothing to do with mm. poor mindset. It just doesn't align with me and my energy as a person. And so from that moment on, I didn't want people to go through that anymore. So I decided to train as a business consultant, switch my niche to introverts, empaths, and sensitive entrepreneurs. And almost two years later, here we are. Oh my goodness. So that is, that's quite the story, honestly. I think the part of your story that most fascinated me before this conversation was that you started out as an air traffic controller, because I mean, I don't know a lot of those. It's funny. My wedding planner was also one. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe there's something oh, really? to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're attracting them now. <laughs> yes. But I think that like, that is so interesting to me because from what I understand, that's a lot of structure, right? It's a lot of like moving pieces and this, then that, and like needing to hold a lot of like things at one time. I don't know. Tell us a little more about that. Maybe I'm just like making this up based on like the idea I have based on movies. (laughs) Like what is that position like? I think that's pretty accurate. If you've seen Pushing Tin, then it's actually really accurate. So, okay, okay, that's probably the the most most accurate air traffic control movie. So, yeah, so I worked on radar. So I worked the airspace directly above London. So it's the second busiest in the world after New York. And it's the most complex in the world because there are like kind of six international airports within a very small space. And the area that I worked is the kind of terminal area. So it's where the aircraft are departing and coming into land. And we basically had to get them from the ground up to, say, 20,000 feet and from 20,000 feet ready to land down on the ground and cross over each other, get in the right direction, all of that. So very strategic, constantly moving, you know, and like, 24-7, 24-7, you know, night shifts, Christmas day, the whole thing. Yeah. But very, a mix really of left and right brain because obviously you need the rules, you need the mm-hmm. logic, you need the strategy, you need the, the things to do, but it's not always the same strategy. You also need to trust your instinct. You, you know, a lot of it is on the gut and listening to pilots' voices and just having that feeling of, oh, something didn't sound quite right there. So it was a really nice blend of the masculine and the feminine. Ooh, that's like so fascinating to me. And then I just love the transition there. Like I love how you just like decided that you were going to do this life coaching thing on the side. And then the more you got into that, the more you were like, well, it's not working, which of course is when my clients come to me, that's something they struggle with too, is like, well, why isn't this working? Why isn't this clicking? Like what's going on here? And I just love that 
you kind of found that peace. You found what it was that didn't feel right to you. You found what it was that was almost like holding you back to a certain extent, it sounds like. And like you were able to work with it instead of feeling like you needed to force against it or like do something different than like what felt good to you. So I just like, I find that piece like so interesting to me. So can you tell me a little bit more about kind of how you knew that was the missing link there or how you, like, what were the signs that you were an introvert and that the strategies that you felt like you should be implementing weren't feeling quite right? I think the biggest thing was that the coach that I worked with, it was very masculine as in it was numbers. It was like, get in front of this amount of people, DM this amount of people, and then you'll convert 3% of them and then blah, blah, blah. And look, there's, there is merit in that, like completely. I I understand that now as a business coach, but it was so focused on that, that it felt really dehumanized. And mm. I didn't feel like I was building relationships. I didn't feel like I was having this connection with people. It was all about like leads and warm them up. And, and it, it, I don't know, it just felt really disjointed. And I was like, this doesn't feel good. And I was fairly certain it wasn't just a mindset thing because like I said I've been doing mindset work for about 15 years at this point and yeah I totally and I was like you know I can usually pick up on my own crap and <laughs> in this case like I didn't think it was that I just wasn't aligned with those marketing strategies and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them or that they don't work they just didn't feel good to me and as an introvert I think if it doesn't feel good our energy gets drained so quickly that we're not going to mm. be able to keep it up Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Totally agree. I think that's so fascinating. So can you tell me a little bit about like, what do you feel like was the biggest mindset shift for you? I know you probably have a ton, but like, what's the mindset shift that's made the biggest difference for either you or your clients? The biggest mindset shift for sure has been not making it about me, but either making it about the people that I'm going to serve or about the business. So really taking myself out of the equation. And I don't mean in like, I don't matter or ignoring <laughs> my own gut, gut feelings, but you know, that feeling of like, oh, maybe if I didn't feel that much, like putting some content out, reframing it, like, well, what about the people that need to read this content? Not just from my point of view of like, because one day they might become clients, but what about those people out there that are struggling with the things that I was struggling with a few months ago that need to read this to know that it's possible for them? Totally. So I think that a lot of us kind of struggle with this. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's easy to say like, oh, of course, shift it to them. Like, you know, don't focus as much on you. But I think that there is like a difference between knowing it conceptually and then actually applying it and implementing it in your own business when it comes down to writing content, when it comes down to doing those marketing strategies. So how did you really take that and implement it in your business? Was there like something specific you can think of or point? to where you were like, oh, like this is when it clicked or this is when I noticed a shift there. I think the biggest thing was with content creation because that was quite new to me. And then I started to consistently post four or five pieces of content every week. And at first it was like, oh, okay, this is new. This is good. I'm creative. You know, I'm quite got fresh ideas. And then um, I will just say like, I did this for four months before I signed a client. So in various places, I think I posted almost 500 pieces of content before I signed my first six-month client. 
Oh my gosh. I love you so much for sharing that because (laughs) because I had a very similar experience. So I, I, same thing. I just did a podcast episode on this and I was talking about it, but again, five months of showing up. I, and I even said like very transparently, like, you know, in my brain, looking back, I'm like, oh, it was five months till I landed my first client. But I'm like, but there's so much lead up to get to the point where you are posting that consistently too. Like I know in the beginning I was not posting consistently. So like, even if you cut off that front half, which was like the buildup, right? Like that feels so long when you're in it, it feels like, oh my gosh, 500 pieces of content. Like this, is it working? Like, is it worth it? Should I keep doing this? Maybe I should go do something else. Like these are the mindset things that come up when you're like, I know that (laughs) there is no world in which I am not visible and have a successful business. But that in-between time is so rough on your mindset. So I'm just like so grateful to you for sharing that because I think that's so good for people to hear that like, you know, it isn't always like an overnight thing. It can take that buildup, but that buildup is so, so worth it. Do you agree? Completely. And I think this is where, you know, and I use this a lot with my own clients. I use this experience because they'll, you know, maybe we've been creating a new product or they've, you know, they've been creating a new opt-in or something like that. And of course they've been working on, it's been in their mind. They've been working on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then they send an email to their list, you know, on day one. And of course they feel like this has been out in the world forever and it hasn't, it's just gone. And then they'll be like, no one signed up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, you sent one email. Like, let, let's maybe wait till you've sent 20 or put it everywhere on every platform and, you know, done a video about it and mentioned it in your newsletter and mentioned it on Instagram and all of the places. And I remind them, I'm like 500 pieces of content. Don't come, don't come to me after one email and say, no one signed up. There's something wrong with it. It's like, we, we have to remember, and this really comes down to making it about other people. We have to remember from their point of view, this is something brand new. And, you know, for you and I who are posting consistently, people were seeing us and reading it and enjoying it, but they just needed to see a little bit more and get to know us a little bit more before they jumped in. Yes, totally. So I know that you and I were chatting a little bit before the show and we were talking about like some of the shifts that really help introverts show up confidently online. And I know that that shift towards really thinking about the potential clients that you can help is part of that. But what are the other things that can kind of bubble up when we start thinking about being more confident and really like showing up online? I think that we have to remember when we're creating our own business, there are no rules so a lot of my clients definitely come and they go, oh, what if I'm not an expert? What if I don't have enough experience? What if someone judges me or what if someone trolls me or, you know, and all of these things happen, of course, unfortunately. Totally. But but they, it's almost like they are looking at, for some rigid like there's going to be a point where they get expert status. Like someone gives them like a gold (laughs) star or something to put on their website. Like you've qualified to to be an expert. And when it's your own business and when it's something like the online coaching space, there isn't that. You have to decide that you're the expert. You have to decide that you are qualified enough, certified enough, that you have enough experience, that you're confident in your own abilities. And that's when people will start to trust you. So I think that's one of the biggest shifts because if you're showing up thinking I'm not quite an expert yet 
that's good. Energetically, that is going to come through. Totally. And I think like, it's so funny how we do this to ourselves because, you know, you would think like 500 pieces of content, like that must be the point, right? <laughs> like that must be the point where you feel like an expert and like done, signed, sealed, delivered, like gold star, stamp of approval. Everything gets easy, right? But it's like, I mean, I can speak from experience. Like th- that just doesn't happen. You're, it's not like $4.99 was the tipping point and that $500 you feel like an expert. Like it's it's more fluid, I guess, is how I want to say. Like I think that so much of society and culture is very regimented in the way where like, you know, you go through grade school and then you go to college or university and like it's this, then this, then this, and then you get the certification or the stamp of approval or whatever. And when it comes to running your own business, it's... <laughs> It's especially in the online coaching space, it's like almost the exact opposite. Like the person who decides sooner is the person that like people are hanging out with who they want to hire, like who they're around constantly, right? But it's that decision that ultimately becomes more of the credential than any like 10 step process or certification or whatever, because I don't know how else to say it other than it just doesn't work that way. I'm speaking mostly from experience there because like I would have loved early on in my business, I would have loved to know like, hey, you just post this many things, you send this many emails, like this is the magic number. And then you feel confident and certified and whatever. And it's like, no, like, (laughs) like that decision piece is so huge. So I think one of the thing that things that come up there is that judgment that you mentioned, that like potential judgment from others. So can you share a little bit about how we can shift that judgment so we can show up more confidently? Yeah, it's really important to remember that we're not going to be for everyone. There's 7 billion people in the world and everyone's got different tastes. We all are attracted to different people, either romantically or for friendships or, you know, even in the coaching space, like, you know, you could look at a certain, you know, seven figure coach and be like, oh, I love her. I love her energy. I love her business. And I might go, oh, and likewise, you know, I could really like someone else and you could be like, no, not, not my cup of tea. There's nothing wrong with that. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with either of those coaches or either of us. So I think we have to remember that when people judge, it's it's coming from themselves. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Or it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or you've made a mistake or you need to stop because someone doesn't like it. It simply means that you are not for that person. And that's absolutely fine. Totally. And I think that's one of those things that evolves with time. Like I do think that that's something that gets easier the more, like the longer you're in business. Because I think in the beginning, we so want to be for everyone. We so want like that, almost that attachment to just like getting that first client or like getting multiple clients just feels so big that you, there's almost this like, well, I have to be for everyone because I have to get this client. And it, like, it feels like a very pressured thing. And I think that like, <laughs> The more you do it, the more you realize like, no, actually, I really just only want clients that are a good fit, right? It's better for them. It's better for us. It's just like, it's a better experience overall, right? It's like you use the dating example and I think that's great, right? It's like dating someone you're not really that into for far longer than you meant to, right? It's like, it's probably 
probably not that great of an experience for either one of you, right? So I think that that's something that definitely like gets easier with time. But I love just that that point that, yeah, you're not for everyone and, and that's okay, right? And I think like, I don't know why that's coming up, but I saw this like meme the other day and it was like, why do you expect everyone to like you when you don't even like everyone? And I was like, oh, that is so good. That is so, so good. <laughs> I was like, that just puts it in like such perspective. But I think you mentioned that you got rolled fairly early on in business. Were <laughs> I you? I'm laughing about it now. Would you be able to share that with us? <laughs> yeah, sure. So it was it was before I had uh, niched down to introverts. So I was still doing kind of very general life stroke mindset coaching. And it was, um, it was just before the pandemic, actually. And I was just working with a new coach. I just kind of started on Instagram. I'd built up around 200 followers and it was my birthday. And so I was like, should I do a giveaway for my birthday? And she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So, you know, get people to tag three friends if they want to enter. And I decided to give away an intensive. So effectively like an hour of coaching and then a month of Voxer support and then a 30 minute catch up at the end to check in. So it's like, oh, this is great. This is a really great way to grow my audience. Like I I more than doubled my Instagram in that that week. I had a lot of traction and, and that was great. And I decided to, I actually posted it in Lacey's Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So I posted the giveaway and all the details and like, you know, oh, it's my birthday and celebrate with me. And I'm doing this. And I had about 10 comments of people going, oh, this is amazing. What a great idea. Like happy birthday and, and all of this. And then I just got this comment and it was a shame I don't have it. It was brutal. Like really, woman just like ripped me to shreds. She basically said, you're obviously so desperate for clients and you're doing this and I can smell the desperation and you think that people are going to work with you for free and then they won't be able to let you go, but you're just going to attract the wrong type of people that enter a giveaway anyway. And it was really harsh. Good Lord. Like (laughs) I was a bit like, whoa. And my coach and I were laughing about it because my coach was like, you've got seven figure net worth. And she was basically saying like, you're so desperate for money that you're yeah, for right? <laughs> No, it's an audio. But I didn't respond to her because I'm, I just thought I'm not getting involved in this. But I looked at her and that's actually her whole marketing strategy is to kind of insidiously get into people's pain points. So she was obviously hoping that that was why I was doing it. So I would reach out to her and be like, oh, I need you to help me. But like I didn't, I ignored her, but I just thought <laughs> that was really, that was really harsh. And it, you know, it didn't feel great. I, I have to admit, but I was laughing so much about it the other week because the girl that won my giveaway, we had a, an absolutely like great session. She did me a video testimonial. We then became friends. She's been a client again since. She's a paid client at the moment, in fact. Yeah. And we met up in London the other week. Um, oh my gosh, that's amazing. We got to meet in real life. And I was like, you know, I could have listened to that woman and I could have gone, oh, I'm not doing anything like this because people are going to say things about me. And actually that worked out so well. I've had other clients that came because they were tagged in that post. And I've got some someone that's worked with me three times in various different containers because she found me. Someone tagged her in that post. But if I would have listened and worried about what other people were saying, I could have taken that down or I could have gone, oh, I'm never doing that again. I'm like, I'm shaking my head so hard here because there's like so many things that about this that just like, of course, like, 
I mean, (laughs) I can't even imagine where your mindset must be at if that is your marketing strategy, first of all, not to like point fingers at this person. I'm sure like there's more to that than we will ever know. But (laughs) that like that can't feel good. Like I can't imagine that digging into people's pain points to elicit that kind of reaction is like one doing more good in the world. I don't think it is. Or two, like actually like helping, like is that the person you want to go to for support after? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, anyway, but I think that like the thing that came up for me as you were talking there is like, I think it's so interesting, like the assumptions that we make about people sometimes based on what they're posting on social media. And the truth is like, you will never know. Like she had no idea that you had a seven figure net worth when she said that, right? Nor, like, nor could she have. I mean, I guess if she wanted to, like, dig deep and do research, you do post it in your bio. But, like, (laughs) I think, like, she probably wasn't invested enough to, like, actually see that. And, like, you weren't coming. You were coming to it with a very, like, giving and generous energy, not a desperate energy, too. So I think it's just interesting to see, like, how little you actually know about the like inner workings of someone else's business, I guess is what I would say, or like what their intention is behind something. So I think like, you know, there were a lot of jumps that happened there, but like same thing you were saying, like, I kind of think that when you're generous in that way, you almost can't lose. Like I run a scholarship every year where I like in the past I've done like given away two scholarships and like that has been one of the most like fulfilling parts of my business. And it's so funny because you would look at that and you would be like, but you're giving away six months of your time. And you're like, this is like spots you could be filling with paying clients. And like, like, why would you do that when you could be like making more? And it's like, but I have just seen again and again, how much I get back from doing that scholarship experience, how I've had, like you were saying, like friends that have come out of that. I've had people go on to be paying clients. I've had people who applied for the scholarship who are like, actually, this just really clarified that I need to work with you. Like it has always benefited my business, even if it wasn't an immediate return. I think sometimes we think about those things and it's like, but I'm being generous. Like, where are the clients? And it's like, well, I mean, it doesn't work quite that quickly sometimes, you know, but I think (laughs) that that's like one of those things where I can see so directly how it's like, generosity and doing what feels good and doing like something that I think is ultimately going to benefit others overall, ultimately build your business. And I think that's pretty much what you were saying there, but it's just so interesting to see how you just never know what's going on behind the scenes. So like before we jump to those I mean, this can be like both good or bad, right? But like before we jump to those conclusions, I think it's just important to remember like, like we only know so much essentially is what I was getting at there. What I love most about today's conversation is it takes into consideration what actually feels good to you. Because when you pick a strategy that feels good to you, you're more likely to take action on it consistently. And that consistent action yields big results. That's why I love helping you get to the root of your biggest mindset challenges around sales so you can shift them and start closing more of them with more ease. Seriously, sales doesn't have to be something that feels icky or gross, and I'm here to help you find a way to sell that actually feels good so that you can actually enjoy the process and see that reflected in your bottom line. 
Join me for a totally free sincere sales coaching call where we can get to the underlying thoughts that are holding you back from selling so that you can convert with more ease than ever before. Head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales to grab a time that works for you. I've worked with 30 clients over the last 18 months. So, you know, seen a lot of people's businesses. Some people have actually not much going on on social media, but they've got very successful businesses, either through referral or bricks and mortar. And equally, there are people with massive followings, like, you know, huge numbers, but they can't monetize it. It's like, we can't judge just from seeing because you think, oh, someone hasn't got many followers, they must be quite new. It doesn't mean anything. It's so interesting that you mentioned that. And I think that we like, to an extent, we just can't hear that enough (laughs) where it's like, we think that, you know, the person who has like 1 million followers or whatever it is, like they must be making bank. And it's like, you, you just never know. And to a certain extent, those stories just make it harder for you to show up in your own marketing, right? Because if you're thinking like you have to reach that point, that vanity metric before you can start making money in your business, like that is an uphill climb. Let me tell you, like, so I think like part of that is just deciding that being profitable is more important than being popular. Right. And I think like, that's like, that's the shift that made such a difference for me, which was like, yeah, I think that like, of course, I would love to have more people in my audience. Of course, I want the right people to want to be around me. But at the same time, like I'm running a business and the business isn't solely based on metrics. So I wonder if you can share a little bit about what your experience with metrics has been and if you like how you see this show up for clients. Yeah, sure. And I think that in itself is a great example with the giveaway because I had about 200 followers and I think I got it to 450 on Instagram. I was only marketing on Instagram really at that point. Um, I was in Facebook groups, but I wasn't sharing my own content. So I think that was the first time I'd ever shared anything, which was in Lacey's group. And I was like, oh, okay, let's, you know, might bring people over to Instagram to enter the giveaway. So I ended up with 450 followers. But yeah, like you say, the first thing in that is it's the long-term return on investment. Like I'm not just here to make a ton of money overnight and burn out. I'm here for the long run in my business. So someone that's just started working with me last month came from that giveaway. And that giveaway was last March and we're in August, but we got connected through that. And that person has now become a client. Like I say, I've met friends. I've had members of my mastermind that have come through that. So we never, it's not all about the initial, you know, return on investment immediately. And secondly, the month after I did that giveaway, I had my first five figure month in business and I had 450 followers on Instagram. And that was the (laughs) only place I was marketing because I had built them up intentionally. That account was opened just for me as a coach. And so it meant that everyone following me was there for that reason. You know, a lot of people might have accounts with maybe to say 10,000 followers and then they built them up maybe say as a fitness coach or something. And then they decide they want to switch to something else. So they could have 10,000 people in their audience that are just not ideal clients in the slightest. So I think we really need to take the focus away from the vanity metrics and it's got to be quality over quantity. Are the people in your audience the people that you want to work with? And are you building relationships with them consistently so that it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, 2,000 or 20,000, you've still got that really engaged 
connected audience. So I was doing a little happy dance over here when you said you had that five-figure month. I was like dancing over here. You guys can't see it. But I think that's just so incredible and so important to remember. Like, because I think that's one of the things that holds people back. I really do. I see this come up again and again. It's like, well, I need X many likes. I need X many followers. I need this to get to that point. And it's like, how many, like each of those like this than that is like a tiny brick in the wall you're stacking up between you and your goal, you know? And I think that that's just like so interesting. I remember back in my design business when I was signing 10K website design projects, like my Instagram following, goodness, I was like, let's just say I was not marketing my business at the time. I had no idea how to be showing up in a way that actually like generated the right clients and got people interested and excited. And I mean, I wasn't marketing or selling that came much later, but I will say it was landing 10k website design projects. And I had like a dismal Instagram following, like there was hardly any, anyone there. And like, of course I like, I never felt like that was sustainable because I wasn't marketing. I felt like all the results of my business happened outside of me. Like it was this whole thing, but knowing what I know now, it's like, that's just such good evidence of how disconnected the vanity metrics actually are from the actual revenue in your business. And I think that like the more we can tell people that, and the more we can share those examples, the more helpful it is because then they can see, oh no, I actually don't need all of these things that I thought I did in order for my business to grow, in order for my business to make that five-figure month. So I just think that that is so amazing. I mean, quite honestly, I think that's why so many of my clients do have five-figure months when they work with me is because we just like strip back all of those things that they think they need first, that they, you know, all of those stories. Because I think we all do this to a certain extent. We all have those things standing in between us and our goals. So the more we have a coach by our side to help us see those things and spot those blind spots, the easier it is to move through. Do you find that to be true as well? 100%. I think that when I put out, you know, posted 500 times on Facebook and Instagram in that four months after I'd switched to working with introverts to sign my first client, if I hadn't had the support of a coach to hold me in it and say, it's working. Like you have to trust that it's working. It would have been so easy after, I don't know, a hundred posts to say, this isn't working. I need to do something else. And the other interesting thing with that is I got very little engagement on those posts. So, and they're good, they're good posts. You know, I can write (laughs) fairly well, but I got very, very little engagement, which again, like you say, we think we need a certain amount of likes or comments and all of this. And I had to sit with that. And two things happened at the same time, which made me realize. The first is that when I signed my first client, I signed the second one an hour later. I had two sales calls in one day and they both signed up. Oh my God, I love that. It was always working. And then I literally like signed two six month clients. But one of them said to me, she's like, oh, I've read everything that you've written over the last four months. And I loved it. But I didn't even know she existed because she's an introvert like me. She's not liking or commenting. And it's funny because I don't really like or comment. I'm more of a lurker and I like to consume. (laughs) So all that to say that 
when you're looking for this evidence of people like my content, you there is no evidence because people can be absolutely loving what you're writing and lapping it up. But just because they don't click like, you would never know until they appear and go, hey, I want to work with you. But there is no way people are not reading and enjoying what you're putting out there, even if you can't see the physical evidence. That's such a great example. The other thing that came up for me as you were talking through that one was I have a client currently who said that she listened to something like 30 podcast episodes before she reached out. 30. Like, I don't know how many hours that is, but it's a lot. Like, that's almost like a day's worth of podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah, like a whole day. <laughs> And I'm I'm just guessing she probably didn't listen to them for 24 hours straight. So just a hunch I have. So I think that like when you can remember that, like sometimes that's the lead time. But I think sometimes what we do to ourselves is like, oh my gosh, that means it's going to take forever. And now they have to listen to like 30 episodes before they want to sign with me. And like the thing I would remember there is people have different buying behaviors, right? So like, yes, you'll probably get those people who are like, I read all 500 of those posts and then I was ready. And you'll probably get the, like, I think it's funny. So we have the same business coach. And when I signed on with Lacey, I I was just like, I think I'm pretty much there. I just need to like talk things through. Like I am that person that like won't sign up for a call unless I'm like 99% sure. Same. And and then I just need to be, then it's like a chemistry check, basically. Like, are you who you said you are? Like, does this actually feel good? Does this feel like the right thing, right? Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, that was like a very long conversation. There was like a lot of fears I had to talk through. But like, I was mostly there. Like, I was pretty much there. So you'll get those people who are like, yeah, I'm just like pretty much ready. Like, send me the link kind of thing. But you'll also get the people who you know, listen to 30 podcast episodes. So I think when you can remember, like it actually can be both. And that's like, my business actually functions on both of those. I think it's so funny. Like I had like, I think it was like a span of a month where I had multiple people reach out that I had talked to two years ago. (laughs) They're like, oh, I actually got on a call with you two years ago. And I was like, like, how incredible is that? That one, like I was showing up for two years for them to be able to come back. Cause how many people do you know that fell off during that two year span who decided it wasn't the right thing, didn't want to stick with it, got overwhelmed, like whatever. So I think that's incredible. But then also remembering like, it's so funny. I think, you know, like having like hell yes clients is talked about so much in the online space. And it's like, yeah, I mean, those people were hell yes clients. Like they were ready to buy. They were like, send me a link, but I also talked to them two years ago, you know, so we think it's like this, this like overnight, like all of a sudden you're signing hell yes clients. And it's like, yeah, totally. I could go and write a post about that. But like, just remember that there was two years of lead up to that hell yes client, you know? And I think the important thing there is that not to take that personally, people might think, oh, you know, but it can be about the client. They might need that space. They might just not have been in the right place at that time. So there are so many factors that we'll never know. And one of the things that, you know, Lacey and I always laugh about this in sessions as well is like, where's my next client going to come from? Because clients come in various ways. Like you say, there's the person that's consumed 30 hours of podcasts or 500 posts. There's also the person that just sees you once and clicks and goes, yes, I need to book a call straight away. 
There are connections that you have in other ways that, you know, I've had podcast guests turn out to be clients. And so when we have that curiosity, rather than expecting it to be one certain way, that opens it up so much more. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. Such a good point. You said that. And I was like, oh my God, me too. (laughs) That's funny. I've never (laughs) thought of that, but yes, (laughs) but so true because I think it's funny because I think the more we detach from exactly how they show up, the the easier it is for them to show up in like all those multitude of ways. But when we're sitting down writing the post and we're like, it has to be this post, like this is the post that signs clients. It's like, well, fuck, like that's, that's a really hard thing, right? That's a lot of pressure. But when you're like, I mean, it could be this story I did or that post or that podcast or that interview like with someone who ends up being a client like there are so many avenues and then we're not attached to like one single way which of course helps us to continue showing up show up more confidently trust the process believe in the work we're putting out like it all does build over time and then we see those compound efforts really paying off. But when it, when we're so like, well, I sent one email and it didn't work. Like, well, yeah, of course, like, of course it didn't work. Like you said, like, talk to me when you've sent the 20th one. (laughs) I just love this conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's the energy as well that goes with that. Right. I, I think that's the, when we put in an email out and we put in everything on that, like you said, that one post or like, you know, this has to work and then go to sign clients from it. It's, it's almost coming out of a scarcity or a lack mindset there because it's like a need, I need this to work. Whereas if we, you know, curiosity is key, I think when it's like, okay, this is fun. I'm going to write this post. I enjoyed writing it. I'm going to put it out. I wonder who's going to see it and detach. I know we say detach from the outcome. It's not always that easy, but, Mm -hmm. and realize that it's not all on that. That's just one like moving part. That's just one small cog in, in the whole works of your business. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. So good. So if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Well, if they loved what they heard, I would say that the Ambitious Introvert podcast is probably the best place to come and find me. Um, The conversation is very similar to what we discussed today and is a mixture of business and mindset tips and featuring many ambitious introverts who've built and scaled their own businesses to learn from. And the other place is my Facebook group, The Ambitious Introvert Network. So I made that community for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitives. I made it promo friendly, and it's just a real safe space to, you know, ask questions from other introverts in business. And maybe people that aren't so comfortable being visible, they can practice sharing their promotions and different things in there in a place that they're going to get really solid feedback and not get trolled. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this amazingness with us. I am so grateful. And this was just such a fun time. Thank you so much. It's been great to speak with you. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. 
I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business, and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Your name throws me off because of the Louise part. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to mess that up, but we'll see. All right. No, you've got it. You've got it. (laughs) Beautiful.